Welcome into another issue of the edition issue of the Comedy Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, another comedy of it. You know, podcasting isn't easy, Rob. They say everyone has a podcast, but the technology issues that, that faces podcasters today, I think, is one of the most underreported stories in America. Yeah, it's a really important one that I'm sure everybody cares about. You know, last week we didn't have a wrap-up podcast, did we? and it's a shame because we had crash schooners and we had butts on national television and we had fake punts <laughs> that were chest passes and, you know, we really missed a lot. Did you see that the paper in New Orleans editorial board came out and, and chastised CBS for for showing the butt replay like three times and then in <laughs> – in the editorial board thing was like link and it was a story on their own website of the video <laughs> of his butt yeah i did see it man you know nobody wants to see a butt unless you're getting those sweet sweet clicks from the butt you know yeah that was joe burrow's butt for those of you who missed it if you if you want to see it go ahead and check it and google it either check out um, cbs.com or some papers press release <laughs> so uh i didn't see now obviously he grabbed inside of his his pants but was was joe wearing a belt uh i i, I don't know I, this I is just, the kind of breakdown we need so i used to have when i played football i i had the biggest problem getting my belt on because it's you know it's one of those belts where you have the two metal clasps and you go under and through and yeah. then like pull it tight mm-hmm. and as someone that doesn't you know for being a fat person i do not have like a, a big butt you know so it's not an apple bottom situation you know, over here. It's hard to find the butt pic on the internet right now. I'm sure if I just search Twitter, I could find. I was going to look. I was going <laughs> to look for the appearance of belt. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Joe Burrow loses pants, bears butt in sex. No, he does not. He does not seem to have a belt on. See, so that's on him because because I notice a lot of these players do not wear the they don't wear that tailbone pad. Um, that you used to also have that that covered your butt, which I was a necessity for for me, as anyone who knows my history of butt issues. Um, so, so there's your update, your butt update. Um, <laughs> next so week you, on the butt, next week on the butt cast. <laughs> butt cast would be a good idea for for like a proctology podcast. Um, it was like when Kramer got those license plates on accident on <laughs> yeah. Seinfeld. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we're back. We're better than ever. We did not have a wrap-up show. I wanted to do one, and then, you know, I don't know. You know, it's on It's on Dave because of our, our idea of doing rotating guests worked until I had, like, everyone tell me they would do it, and then they just vanished on Sundays. So I stopped doing that and was going to do it with Dave every week. But uh, it's a hectic time on Sunday. I went to the pumpkin patch Sunday, which, by the way, what a racket. But <laughs> <laughs> Have you been to one of these? Uh, I'm sure I have. I have not in a couple of decades, probably. But I... Okay, so first of all, when you go to the pumpkin patch, straight to the farm, it's supposed to be cheaper to buy the stuff than it is at the store because the pumpkins are right there. They, pick, they take them out of the field. Now, see, see, in Oregon, when you go to the pumpkin patch, you walk out and the pumpkins are essentially still on the vine. And you just pick up, pick up the one you want and grab it. Now, these ones... I'm not going to say the name of the, of the pumpkin patch to besmirch them, potential sponsor. Um, <laughs> but they just had pumpkins. It was clear they just shipped in pumpkins. Well, I think you have to do that in some climates, right? Like I doubt Miami is very vast with pumpkin farms down here. I'm sure you can thing. grow pumpkins anywhere. The, Rob, see, this just shows you – this shows your New York ways. You can grow a pumpkin really? anywhere. 
pumpkins are like, uh, so let me tell you how easy it is to grow pumpkins. People in my neighborhood often will leave their pumpkins outside and they start to rot, yeah. right? And there are several houses in my neighborhood that have had pumpkin plants growing in their front yard because they just happened to leave the pumpkin there. One of the seeds decomposed, fell into the ground, and then a pumpkin. See, I always assume up. they were a Midwest thing. I, I don't know why. I think now, it's because they're so closely – pumpkin patches are so closely tied into hay rack rides, which I also think of as a Midwest thing, that maybe I just assume. Right. Yes. When I was in Bermuda, there were pumpkins everywhere. So that's kind of pretty tropical-esque climate, and they grow them and they eat main source of food over there. In the islands, there's only so many options. So anyway – it's overpriced for the pumpkins, A. B is a corn maze. Okay. Yeah, it's $15 to get in. They got they got one thing selling food. The line's a mile long. They got a corn cannon, also mile long line. So a corn I cannon mean, being exactly what it sounds like then, right? Like shooting corn on the cob out of a cannon? Yeah, you're shooting corn. Like yeah. Three, uh, well, yeah, I would have liked it too if the line wasn't an hour and a half long. I was at, you know, I was there for an hour. I was out of there. So. Um, if you have if you have a pumpkin patch and you want to hire me as a consultant, uh, I am available. <laughs> so, there you go. A couple seasonal items. We were going to allegedly do a fast podcast, but it uh, didn't happen. So let's jump right into it, Rob. Last week, you went 10 and 11. I went 11 and 10 in our games. I thought I did much worse than that as I was following the games. I was like, I thought I lost everything. So here's what happens every week. I started out this week 8-2. Uh, and two. Uh, with like the noon games, I think the last two weeks I'm 17 and three in the noon games, and then after that it's over. <laughs> like uh, the noon and like 3:30 games, you start out very slow, and you tend to get the later games right. Um, so I went 11 and 10. I am now one game or three games behind you. You're 64, 61 and two. I'm 61, 64 and two. Well, I'm feeling like I'm due for a good week this week. I usually have my best weeks when I'm on the road and I will be on the road this week watching a various Tampa area players play football. All right. Oh, I'm going on. Hey, guess what? I'm going to Florida too. All right. Well, by the way, are you coming up Saturday or no? No, because I'm going to be in St. Pete. I won't be in Orlando as I originally thought because nobody in all the good teams in Orlando with the good players that I need to see are all playing like teams that haven't had a player in the rivals database for a decade <laughs> this weekend for some reason. So I couldn't find a game to go to. I didn't want to go to, I don't want to go to 64 to zero, you know? Right. Yeah. It gets real boring uh, uh, when that happens. So, all right, let's jump into the picks Thursday night, SMU traveling to Houston, SM two, SMU a 13 and a half point favorite on the road. Uh, I think we both are going to take the Mustangs here, right? Yeah, I can't make myself pick a team that's tanking the season. I'm taking the Mustangs. <laughs> Are they going to get a high draft pick? <laughs> I mean, to bet on a team that is in, that coaches intentionally ask the seniors to redshirt and tank is – I mean, that's a tough bet. That's a tough sell. I don't think there are enough points for me to take the Cougars. So is it like – are I called the analytics nerds on Twitter fans of the tanking strategy like an NBA? I don't think anybody's a fan of this one. Uh, check with Pablo Torre and see if, if he's a fan of it. I would, anyway, I would say <laughs> yes. Um, all right. So SM, is SMU the new UCF undefeated, the number 16 team in the country? They're loaded with transfers. I mean, their team is full. They got a bunch of four stars on their team by proxy here. Yeah, no, they're good. I, I watched a little bit of them last week and um, the week before that, actually. And no, that's a good team. I like them. I, I, I'm, I feel pretty confident in this pick. 
Although okay. it is not the Rob Cassidy locker of the century locker of the week. So they have they have Memphis, uh, ECU, Navy, and Tulane. Tulane uh, it tripped up last week. I expect them to be a little better than they, they played last week against Memphis. So that game against Memphis setting up as a big time showdown. Memphis is six and one. Actually, Navy's five and one, so they do have a little bit of a gauntlet here. But if they went out, they already beat TCU. TCU was ranked at the time when they beat them, even though we know TCU is not good now. But I don't know, man. SMU could be going into that big bowl game, and whatever team they beat will then have not wanted to play them, right? Of course, yeah. They couldn't get up for the game. <laughs> okay. Big game, Wisconsin traveling to Ohio State. Uh, this one, Ohio State is a 14.5 point favorite. That seems like it should be bigger, right? Yeah, especially with Wisconsin coming off a loss. I, You know, Ohio State's schedule isn't really – the games that they've played so far aren't super impressive. Uh, this is kind of the Justin Fields proving ground game, right? Wisconsin is number one in the country in scoring defense. Uh, I think they're allowing like 8.3 points per game on virtue of shutting out three teams. Um, so it's kind of skewed that way. But Ohio State really hasn't run up against a great defense like this. I'm going to take Wisconsin to cover this. I don't think they're going to win outright. Uh, I think they'll bounce back from what was a terrible game last week and keep this close with the Buckeyes. So when I was in the car uh, on the way home to, to record this podcast, I was actually thinking, for some reason in my mind, I thought it was like a 21-point spread. Uh, I don't I don't know why. And I was thinking, oh, you know what? Fields is due for one of those games where he kind of looks like an inexperienced quarterback. Maybe Wisconsin can slow, can slow him down and, and use the clock with Taylor I changed my mind. 14 and a half is too low. If it was, I think it's a three touchdown uh, game. See, I think Wisconsin's going to get some pressure on fields that he hasn't faced yet. I just don't see it, man. I mean, I keep having the game with Wisconsin. By the way, last week, <laughs> last week you went on and on about how bad Illinois sucked and then they beat him. <laughs> <laughs> and they beat him. Um, but I just have that Wisconsin Northwestern game stuck in my head, where like Wisconsin should have beat Northwestern by fifty, and they're sitting there messing around with them, where it's like a one-score game in the fourth quarter. So uh, that stuck with me. I'm taking Ohio State uh, to cover there. Uh, Oklahoma traveling to the Rob Cassidy alma mater, Kansas State. Boy, I bet uh, the four and two Wildcats are your friends all hyped up about this one. No, everybody is kind of. <laughs> I mean, everybody in the group chat is pretty. I, they know what K-State is. You know, I run around with a bunch of realistic people, I think. I don't really have super-duper fans except for maybe one guy. Um, so I think they they, they kind of get it, and I kind of get it. And I think everybody kind of knows OU's going to win this game by 60 points. I just – they're just – K-State just doesn't have the athletes right now. It's going to be a little bit I, – I can't see a way where this game stays close other than Oklahoma shooting themselves in the foot. I, I Give me the Sooners by 35. All right, Oklahoma's a 23-and-a-half-point favorite. Sometimes I go against your Kansas State picks just because I know you're influenced by that group text. And I don't know, a noon start, or excuse me, 11 a.m. Central start in Manhattan. You're not worried about that? No. I'm telling you, the difference in athletes right now. you got to remember, Kansas State started this season without a running back on the roster, like a scholarship <laughs> running back. They had to get transfers. It's, I don't know. I just can't see a way. The, the talent discrepancy is too much. I, I – am on record saying I think they've made a good hire. I think that he's been much better than I thought he was going to be. But this isn't the year for this kind of upset. I just can't see it. Okay, so I'm going to pick Oklahoma too, but I think I could see it easily being like 
like a 17 to 10 at halftime or something. And then Oklahoma blows them out in the second half because Oklahoma's kind of messed around with a few teams, including Kansas, uh, which by the way, I'm excited for Kansas, Kansas state this year. I'm leaning, I'm leaning Jayhawks early. It, so. Yeah, it could be a good one. That's it's no, it really depends on who's healthy. And I, I, we'll see when we get there. All right. Iowa traveling to Northwestern, Iowa, nine and a half point favorite. Northwestern, one of the worst offenses in modern football history. <laughs> I cannot believe, I cannot believe how bad it is. It is, I mean, I don't know what's going on with their quarterbacks. If you look at their, if you look at their stats, I mean, their passing leader on the season has three hundred and sixty-seven yards passing. Jeez, and who is that? It's, it's the that's five-star five Hunter Johnson. Okay, they're completing forty-seven percent of their passes. They have two passing touchdowns and ten interceptions and thirteen sacks. Now Isaiah Bowser, their running back, who battles has battled injury in some games in his defense. We heard a lot about him before the year because he had such a great year last year. He has one hundred and sixty-eight yards. He's averaging three point five yards per carry. <laughs> Yeah, they're averaging 3.6 yards a carry as a team. I think that factors in sacks. But, I mean, come on. Get out of here. This is – at some point, I think they rank – I was I had their ranks pulled up. I, locked, I mean, they're ranked like 130th or something in total offense. I mean, it's just uh, – they're averaging 124 yards net passing. <laughs> Bowser's long for the season is 21 yards. Yeah, Bowser's been hurt. And honestly, I think one of the reasons people will talk about him is because his name is Bowser and everybody played Super Mario and they like to say Bowser. Yeah, he's just um, – he's not having the year that some expected. Guess what? Give me give me Northwestern oh, to boy. cover in a game that's probably going to be like 10-4. to 4. <laughs> you see? Yeah, this is the classic Big 12 noon start game, right, where it is 12-4 to 4 and you're sitting on the couch thinking, my God, why did I get up for this? <laughs> Uh, usually, I usually Purdue is involved in the ten to four Big Twelve noon start game. So the- I remember when I was a kid in Oregon, like you'd wake the game would be at nine o'clock, and I'd wake up and I'd turn, I'd come out, I turn on, and Pam Ward would be calling the game, and I would be like, "This is just terrible. I hate the Big Ten so much." <laughs> <laughs> I was a Big Ten hate the, the kid. Best, uh, the best like, is when you were in college and you'd wake up hungover and you'd have to put up with six to three <laughs> at noon in some crappy house that you're living in where the drywall is falling off the walls. And that's when you're like, man, I should have just went to the military. <laughs> what am I doing here? All right, so who are you taking? Are you taking Iowa? Yeah, yeah, you taking I'm taking Iowa. I can't bet on Northwestern. I just can't. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we'll see. It will be a lot of text being exchanged during that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, you assume I'm going to watch it. I probably am, sadly. All right. Uh, App State, which is number 21 in the country, by the way, traveling to South Alabama, which, who is one in six. South Alabama stinks. Um, 26 and a half point favorite. App State's rolling. It's still, it's another one of those early games but I'm taking App State uh, minus the 26. Yeah, I don't know enough about South Alabama to pretend. I don't even think I know a player on the team. I'm sure there is some Juco kid that I knew from Florida or something, but I this is a total guess. I'm going to roll with you, though. Okay, well, I will look at South Alabama's roster to remind you who we know because I remember there were some actually pretty good players who uh, – 
who went to South Alabama when we were covering that Alabama-Mississippi game every year. The, one of the games of the day, Auburn at LSU. Auburn's number nine still, still ranked very high, traveling to LSU. LSU an 11-point favorite. LSU. I know that. I know who you're taking here. Oh, baby. Give me the Tigers. They should be number like, one. If you take number the Tigers, one, you take Tigers number one. Game, my friend, it's a pair of Tigers. Tiger on Tigers. <laughs> well, it sounds like a Ke- all I need is an upside-down smiley face for a Keenan-esque tweet. <laughs> um, give me the LSU uh, Bayou Bengals uh, by oh, a lot. Oh, Sorry, this Blue. is a- I remember him, the running back for South Alabama. They got some Florida kids. All right, I'm t- I'll yeah, take so LSU too. I'm, I think Bo Nix is still a year away. I think that he's prone to mistakes. I think this defense is going to be quite a challenge for him. Uh, and I think we'll see our boy Stingley with an interception or two and uh, LSU rolls. So, you know, I, I'm never one that really buys into the SEC. All the teams start ranked high. Then they all play each other and beat each other so everyone stays ranked high. Uh, situation, but some of the some of these teams like Auburn and LSU, Auburn played Oregon in Week One, LSU played Texas in Week Two. Like those teams that added a game like that, I do think they should get some credit for that, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I concur. It's it's one of those tired talking points that you almost feel bad chiming in on, but no, I'm with you. Well, I just think like you know, I, I I'm not you know. Paul Feinbaum over here <laughs> with oh the SEC gauntlet. But when you look at it, like Auburn's schedule, and they have to play like the top four, because Auburn also plays Georgia, um, you know, it's, it's pretty rough. So uh, we're both taking LSU. LSU's offense, I think, is going to be too much. Although I'll be interested to see if the Auburn D-line can, can I mean, create a lot of pressure. It's all kinds of like Florida jits on South Alabama. It's like half a roster <laughs> of guys that I kind of remember uh, but couldn't pick out of a lineup, except for Blue. I've... I feel like uh, they have a they have a running back named John Tank Miller. <laughs> I don't remember him. I, they, I feel like Cephas Johnson, their quarterback, seems like somebody I should remember. I do not remember him. Uh, tr- I definitely remember Trey Minter. I remember uh, Minter. I remember the Bowie kid, Jalen Bowie. Okay. I know you remember Riley Cole, yeah, the linebacker. I, Did he start in Alabama or something? He was a – hold on. I remember – I feel like he was committed to Alabama at some point. Um, boy, this is riveting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to our podcast where you break down the South Alabama roster of people that you've never where, heard of. Let's just move forward. What's the next game? Oh, okay. Here we go. Here we go. He did commit to Alabama. Ro- Alabama loses recruit over late gray shirt conversation. Alabama asked him to gray shirt, and he went to South Alabama instead. So – uh, you think he'd be leading the team? In All right, let's do Idaho State next. Point. Let's go. <laughs> tune in for our Woody and Rob list. Just look over bad uh, <laughs> rosters and tell this players' names. Yeah. Okay, uh, next. That's like, hey, guess what? That's every everybody's favorite college football podcast on signing day is just people listing names of players. Well, speaking of recruit stories, so. wait until we get to the Alabama game, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, so let's, let's roll. Penn State traveling to Michigan State. Penn State is six and a half point favorite. Give me, I, give me the mini lines. Yeah, I think Penn State could be in a line for like a little letdown, but Michigan State can't score at all. And so I'm going to go with you. I'm going to take uh, Penn State minus six and a half. Next game, Texas traveling to TCU. Texas is only a one and a half point favorite. This is a this is the fishy line of the week, Rob. Yeah, give me the Longhorns though. I, I watched TCU play Kansas State, and I was not impressed. Uh, they they have a major quarterback. 
play two quarterbacks. Yeah, they've got Alex Dalton, who was the quarterback at Kansas State. Uh, they switched them back and forth. I don't. I don't. I don't trust them. Give me them. All right. Do you remember when Gary Patterson blocked Nick on Twitter because he said Sean Robinson? He didn't think Sean Robinson was a four star. Uh, yeah, I sure do remember and that. Boy, Sean Robinson is now gone from TCU, and Nick's probably still blocked, if I had to guess. Uh, Maryland traveling to undefeated Minnesota. Minnesota, a 16-and-a-half-point home favorite. Oh, baby. That's a huge number, huh? The Minnesota schedule, I, I mean, I guess you can only win the games on your schedule. That's right. you gotta, hey, got to beat who the lines up against you, Rob. I'm taking I'm taking Maryland plus sixteen and a half. Even though Maryland stinks, I don't know why I keep picking them. Anthony Farland is like kind of hurt from Maryland. I don't I don't know what's going on with him. He hasn't looked good when he's played. He's been injured. I think he's been battling injuries. Maryland has looked just plain bad the last few weeks. You know, give me you know I'm rowing the boat this week. Give me give me Golden Golfers. Yeah, I did. Uh, I I put Minnesota in our um, in our from the rivals corner this week. I, I got it. Well, you know, if there's anything that flies in the face of things I like, it's that road boat <laughs> gimmick and just PJ Fleck in general. So I feel pretty dirty picking, considering he's like the anti Rob Cassidy coach. I, I feel pretty dirty picking him, but I'm, I'm going to take the golfers just because I've seen enough of Maryland to know that it's a disaster. Okay. Oklahoma State traveling to Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State, of course, one of the best teams in the country uh, per. Uh, the perennially per, <laughs> perennial power per the fake news media. Uh, the Cyclones are a 10 and a half point home favorite. Spencer Sanders, you know, I really, I didn't like Spencer Sanders when he was a recruit. I went on and on about how bad he was. Then I somehow talked myself into him after like three games. And last week, I mean, he almost single-handedly lost the game late, late, late on with, with all kinds of turnovers. Did you see it? Were you watching that Baylor game at all? No, I didn't. I didn't watch so, it. So Spencer, Baylor, they beat Baylor. No, they lost because it was like it was a close game, and then Spencer decided. Oh, you said he almost lost the game single-handedly. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> no, they did lose. I, I'm not assigning all blame to him. He had two fumbles <laughs> and an interception, 157 yards passing, and 14 carries for 31 yards. So. I don't care. Give me the pokes. I, I cannot bet on perennial powerhouse <laughs> Iowa State. That's a big line. Yeah, uh, that is a big number. I also uh, am going to pick against uh, Iowa State because I'm spiteful person and I've decided. And you're kind of ch- you're kind of chubba China, right? Like you're a big chubba guy. Yeah, <laughs> I I I like him, but I mean, you know, it's all about Brocktober. Um, <laughs> oh, is that what they're yeah, calling you? Oh, yeah. About Brock Purdy. Okay. So Arkansas traveling to Alabama. Mac Jones making his debut. Friend of the show. Podcast guest. Soon to be hot name on the grad transfer market uh, next season. Assuming he doesn't stay at Alabama. 31 and a half points. Do you trust Mac to, to cover that against Arkansas? Yeah. You know, Mac was plagued by some drops in the in, in spot duty in tour relief last week. Alabama's got a great defense. I don't think you think that Arkansas is going to score on Alabama, do you? Like, that's unthinkable. Yeah, that's going to be the hard part. I, I could and see. There's no way Mac Jones is losing to a team like that. It's just not. Okay, as I told you offline, the reason, the way I know Mac is locked in is I messaged him on Instagram. He didn't reply. He has yet to reply. So uh, that tells you Mac's locked in. Somebody, I, who was I talking to? Oh, 
Harrison Bailey was firing some shots at Mac last night at the old uh, Jersey presentation. Yeah, what, he, uh, he was saying they would have won the game had they not fumbled. He's like, you think Mac Jones could have led them down for a touchdown? Does Harrison realize that he is basically Mac Jones? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 2.0. Harrison's a little more serious than Mac, uh, and it does it let, throws less temp, temper tantrums. C- could we see a Mac Jones temper tantrum in this game? Oh yeah, if he like throws a pick and they start losing, yeah, he could definitely throw a tantrum and get. That's the only way Arkansas covers this is if Mac starts out bad, throws a Mac Jones tantrum that we've all seen on the seven on seven circuit. Then gets pulled because of the tantrum, and they have to put in Tua's little brother, whoever is the <laughs> – actually, he's not even there yet. Who's the third string at Alabama? No, no, Tua's little brother. Tua's little brother is the third string. I have to put him in. If you remember uh, – and Josh Hemholt, not high on Tua's little brother. We'll put it that way. <laughs> um, I wish we could tell well, that I think, story, I think but we Matt cannot. I has enough in the tank to get this done, so I'm going to take Tide. So, so Mac did – you could tell he was a little like – he was pressing a little bit. He threw some balls into the ground. But like you said, there was two passes on his first drive where the ball hit the guys in the hands and they didn't catch it. It's like if the backup quarterback comes in, Jerry, Judy, and Najee Harris, you can't be dropping passes. Yeah. So I think the offense is going to look a little different. I think it's going to be a lot of I, – I, I wouldn't be surprised if Najee Harris has one of those 100 by 100 games where he's got 100 yards receiving and uh, rushing. Because I think they're going to feature him heavily. Yeah, in like I, you the know, if you can find a prop bet on that, that's probably the lock of the week on Najee Harris rushing yards or rushing attempts or something. Yeah, I think it's going to be a. I think it's going to be a big one. Uh, Boston College traveling to Clemson. Clemson a thirty-four point favorite. Uh, once again, Trevor Lawrence, the worst player ever, um, <laughs> holding back the Tigers. I, I also wanted to have Lackford talk about it. He did throw. A, a bad interception uh, last week, you know, when he, when he, I mean, we all were texting each other. He kind of threw it into coverage in the end zone. He threw two picks, I think, in the end zone. Yeah, really early. And then, you know, uh, Dan Orlovsky was acting like Trevor was like, I mean, he was acting like he was watching uh, Nathan Peterman or something. Like, <laughs> even when Trevor threw that touchdown uh, to Justin Ross where he had to go up and get it. He was like, good, you scored a touchdown. Yay, that's a bad throw. Didn't he throw for five <laughs> okay. touchdowns or something? Yeah. <laughs> Dan, well, Dan Orlovsky. Because I, I know Trevor has regressed from last year, but, I mean, he, he still hasn't lost the game as a starter, has he? Uh, no. And Dan Orlovsky, you ran out of the end zone – <laughs> you ran out of the end zone and didn't even realize it until you were like 10 steps out of the end zone for a safety in the NFL. All right, I have, Trevor's, okay. terrible, Come on, I have man. Trevor's terrible stat line here from last week. Would you like to hear it? Okay, yeah, let's hear 20 how bad it. 20 for is. 29, 233 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. And then rushing. How about that? He did run a lot. Uh, 47 yards on 10 attempts, uh, average of 4.7 yards per carry. Include, yeah, and they include sex. Um, he's terrible. <laughs> so I found this interesting. I'm going to try to pull up the numbers here. When Clemson won the national championship, was that the 2016 season? I think it was Deshaun Watson's last year. Do we know how many? Do you want to guess how many interceptions Deshaun Watson threw in the 16 17 season? Six. 17. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy, baby. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, can people be quiet? 
It's, like, I've I don't had know it. if it's so much they think he sucks. It's just that he's, you know, he took over for a guy that led a team into the playoff, won the national championship, and looked invincible doing it on the biggest stage. And so people's expectations were that he would never make another mistake, I think. Uh, and so it, it's definitely a product of that. Uh, and I think, you know, that goes for everybody for, for, uh, for, you know, some reason, I just think that we can revisit this when he's putting on his NFL hall of fame jacket in 20 years or whatever. Right. Exactly. Uh, Clemson's a 34 point favorite. They're going to win by 50. So give me the Tigers. I will also take the Tigers. Uh, next, next up, um, Notre Dame traveling to Michigan. Ooh, now Rob, if we were playing the old guess the lines game, what, what would you guess this one is? I'm sure you looked at I it. I have already. not looked at it actually, and I, if I did, I forgot. But I think it's probably Notre Dame plus or minus three and a half. Notre Dame minus one. Oof, a, a single point. That's fishy. Look, this That's is the fishy last game in the series on the schedule anyway. They they're not. There's no more Michigan Notre Dame after this, at least on the schedule. So this is kind of the getaway game. So everybody's going to be trying to get in last licks, I guess. I, but I'm taking Notre Dame just because Notre Dame's quarterback isn't Shea Patterson. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ian Book is really. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Good call. Um, I'm taking I'm taking Michigan because I think I mean. At some point, they got to beat a top ten team. I also think, why is okay? This is Woody Rant time about the rankings. Why is Notre Dame number eight? Because they almost beat Georgia. Because they almost beat Georgia. Like, what is that? The that's what it takes now to be ranked high is to say, oh, they almost beat Georgia. Like, oh man, they beat Louisville, New Mexico, Virginia, who was ranked at the time. Given that Bowling Green and USC, who's pretty decent, they beat by three. So USC almost beat them. Why isn't USC in the top 10? <laughs> like, I, I think Notre Dame is good. I don't think they're a top 10 team. I would like for them to lose so they're not in the playoff discussion just because I just don't I just don't see it. So uh, give me Michigan, and I think Michigan played well. I like the way they played in the second half. If they would let, – let's, let's cut Shea loose a little bit and run this alleged speed and space offense and do something. Uh, I like Michigan. Yeah, they should cut them loose. Arizona State traveling to (laughs) – Arizona State traveling to UCLA, only a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. And, Rob, give me the Bruins. I'm taking the Bruins. I'm taking Bruins. Money line. Why is it only three-and-a-half? Arizona State did not look good against Utah. Well, it was like – wasn't it raining? It was – like dominated them up front. Yeah, that the, we kind of had worries about Arizona State's offensive line, but yeah, I'm taking UCLA. That three and a half is a is a is an odd number. Is I'm, ta- I'm taking Dorian old, Thompson uh, Robinson healthy. Yeah, I believe he, he is Arizona playing. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you something. I think if they had. Uh, Colts and Yankoff playing quarterback. I think next year when he's playing quarterback for UCLA, I think they're going to be much better. So, but yeah, just I'll probably put that under your hat. For making a Yankoff joke on this podcast, so put that under your hat too. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the best on double. <laughs> the best was when Oregon had Yankoff committed, and then they were trying to flip Herndon Hooker from <laughs> Virginia Tech. And welcome to the Maturity Podcast here. Uh, all right, California traveling to Utah. Utah, 21 and a half point favorite. Uh, Cal 
Kyle has been hot and cold since they lost their quarterback. They've had trouble scoring. Uh, they lose to Oregon State last week. They're on a three-game losing streak. I do not think they have a chance against Utah, but 21, I think their defense is good enough that they're going to keep it within 21 and so a half. I'll this is Cal. twofold for me. First of all, Utah looked great. Zach Moss is now but the career rushing leader for Utah in the history of the school. Uh, they looked good against Arizona State. They looked stout up front. I think that they can score enough. On the other hand, Cal has the best secondary in the country. So <laughs> – <laughs> and I think Huntley got hurt in the game. Um, so I'm not sure if he's playing. I can't, you'll, you'll be shocked to know there's not a ton of uh, Utah coverage on ESPN's website. I'm, t- I'm taking the <laughs> Despite Utes. Them being, I'm taking the Utes to cover. I don't count on their fake defense. Utah is the number 12 team in the country. Did you know that? I did. That's high. Uh, last but not least, Pac-12 after dark. Washington State traveling to Oregon. Oregon, a 14-point favorite, coming off a big win against Washington. I am going to take Oregon. I think uh, their offense is clicking at the right time. Even though, did, did you see one of their starting receivers entered the transfer portal this week? No, I didn't. Yeah, he was injured, missed the first few games of the year, comes back, plays, caught a pass in the Washington game, and then he's transferring. So, uh, boy, just no – Whatever coach cliche you want to put in there. He's, so Washington State scored 41 points last week. They've scored I, – I, I don't know. I think this is the or the Oregon letdown game. I'm taking the Cougs. Yeah, Washington State's been able to score on everyone. Even, even you know, Arizona State, they put up uh, 34. So, uh, all right, Rob will take Wazoo. So I need to make They've been up able to score three. on everybody except for Utah, who they apparently only scored 13 points against somehow. Oh, yeah, Utah was a bad one. Oregon has a really good defense, although they looked uh, a little more human uh, last week. So we got all types of topics to talk about. I guess we don't have that many, so I didn't write them down. But let's talk about – uh, Eric Gilbert, who, by the way, has changed his name to Arik. Did you know that? I, you, you informed me, yeah. <laughs> the name change. Name change. Yeah, that's one of the, the tried and true traditions of recruits changing their names and how they pronounce their names. Uh, Riley, you know, Riley for, no, for no reason. He just decided his name was Riley. So one of the best ones of, was Cleland Farrell changing his name to Furl. It's like, oh, he wants to go by Furl, right? And then I heard him say something else with an E in it. Oh, he said there. And he said there. And I was like, he just pronounces his own name wrong. Or something, right? Or Mississippi? Yeah, he's from he's from like no. the no, like Newport News, like Virginia area, I think. Oh. Like over so he had like a weird like dialect. It's kind of like I told you me getting to an argument about this. <laughs> <laughs> I got into an argument with Avante Williams, Rivals 100 defensive back, about how to say DeLand, where he's from, where he insisted it's pronounced D-Land. And I was like, that's not how it's pronounced. And he's like, I live there. I'm from there. I have a, he, he has a tattoo on his neck of the area. <laughs> and I said, I got news for you, Avante. You're saying it wrong. I'm sorry, dude. Just because that's how you pronounce it doesn't mean it's right. Um, so anyway, we will be having that discussion again this week when I go watch Avante play. But uh, big news, Eric Gilbert, Arik, uh, last night. So let's tell the whole story. So every year, the or, and this is a new tradition in Atlanta, they have the jersey presentations for the uh, All-American game, whatever it's called now. It used to be called the Army game. 
they have them at the College Football Hall of Fame. So instead of going to 10 different high schools and doing these old jerseys in every single school, they bring the people into the College Football Hall of Fame with their family. They also bring in a band, which is really loud in a tight space, which I'd like to see that phased out. And they put them up on stage. We got some, we have some food. We have a good time. Interview, do some interviews, get out of there. Okay, last year, it was me, it was Chad, it was probably seven or eight other people from Rivals. We had it loaded with media, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this year, everyone is already committed, number one. And number two, none of them are committed to Georgia. They're all committed to, I mean, it was a lot of it's like Alabama, Clemson. There was a kicker who they were calling Legatron, by the way. Uh, who's <laughs> who was committed to Louisville? Uh, I think Alabama had like four or five commits. So, so Chad's out of town. He couldn't make it. So he said, "Oh, I said, oh, I'm going anyway. I'm gonna go schmooze, shake some hands, kiss some babies." Well, then Gilbert says he's announcing at this event. I says, "Oh, it's okay." Well, uh, some other people are gonna come. Some of the guys from our Georgia site. It's to, he's down to Georgia and Alabama. And I say, okay, well, good. We got some stuff ready to roll. I'll interview him after he commits uh, just to make sure we have something. Well, word comes down, he's probably not going to Georgia. <laughs> so that so our Georgia people don't come. So now you've got me there by myself. Uh, I showed up at 6.10, and at which point they informed me. They said check-in starts at 6. I get there at 6.10. They go, uh, he's announcing at 6.18, live on the local news. So you got eight minutes now. <laughs> so I'm completely scrambling. I get set up. Luckily, I take a video of him announcing. Uh, well, I'm also taking some photos. I shoot it with my phone. He picks up the LSU hat, and I assume he's going to do like the Wait, throw the hat it? away. Yeah. Which is weird because, you know, it's not in his care. He's a pretty low-key type kid. He's not a hat-throwing type. Um Firm handshake, etc. <laughs> Good family. Yeah, great family. They were there on stage with him. So, so he puts on the LSU hat, and his dad like even lets out like a sound, like a wah. <laughs> like if you watch the video, <laughs> like nobody knew his own family didn't even know where he was going, which is true. It's truly amazing. In 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 today's NFL, in this league, today's NBA, that we would not know where – not only would we not know where somebody's going, because sometimes kids won't tell you, but you find out from somebody else. Always leak it. That's right. another conversation. But. Yeah, Rob's a little salty about coaches leaking information of him getting blamed for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, tell that. I'll tell that at the end of the podcast. We'll, we'll get into it. Uh, so anyway, he picks LSU. Everybody's flabbergasted. Nobody has anything ready content-wise. We had no idea. Uh, he t- says, I didn't tell my mom. I didn't tell anybody. He says he fell in love with, with the old Joe Brady. By the way, Joe Brady is not the offensive coordinator at LSU. How do you think our boy Steve Esminger feels about Joe Brady getting all the credit for everything? Yeah, probably not great, I would assume. So so anyway, uh, I had to scramble to write the story, uh, upload the photos, upload the video. Uh, I do all that. And right when I finish, I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to go get some food. Now, keep in mind, my whole plan was just to go eat some food and schmooze and do uh, very little work. I end up doing all the work. I go to get the food. Right as I get there, it's all gone. They're loading up the table, <laughs> taking it away. And I wanted to start crying, Rob. 
I purposely only ate a grilled cheese earlier in the day because I was like, man, I'm going to be loading up on Chick-fil-A later tonight with the free food. Because these are Chick-fil-A, there's brownies, there's those, those soft Chick-fil-A cookies. And, you know, I didn't get any of it. I ended up going to eat with a, with a friend of the show, Tony Ballard. Uh, and it was fun. Tony picked up the tab. How about that, Rob? Hey, look at that. You know, yes. that's why we love So, uh, right, exactly. So, it, yeah. It, um, but LSU, LSU is now entering the Clem- the early Clemson zone, don't you think? Yeah, they're getting there where everybody, they're starting to kind of become one of those teams, you know, where it's like the Alabama's kind of become stale for some of these kids and they're like the alternative with counterculture good team, which is right. They really got the start, right? Remember when Clemson was like, they, they were like the counterculture, right? They're like, I want to go to a school, but I don't, you know, a marquee school that's not Alabama and somehow Clemson filled that void. I remember around like 2014 when people were like saying that we were overranking Clemson's recruits. Do you remember that? It's like Clemson never beats any, but they can't beat South Carolina. Yeah, I remember. And then next thing you know, they're winning the national championship with all the aforementioned overranked recruits, including noodle arm Deshaun Watson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember it. I just did. I, now I remember who said that about him. <laughs> yeah, by the way, if you ever see me tweeting that Deshaun Watson's a noodle arm, that's a uh, deep subtweet. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think they're su- super cool right now. Coach O provides that, like, you know, he's got the funny voice. He's got the – he's a character. Uh, he, he really leans into it too, which is kind of like what Dabo does with his shtick. And, you know, Nick Saban's not going to be around forever. And I, I worry – and I'm not saying, like, Alabama's done for. I just think, like, having so much staff turnover starts to catch up with you at some point because a lot of these relationships now are built – are, like, they're built when the kids are younger and then they pay off at the end. But it's like if you have a new O-line coach or a new defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator every year – you're not building those relationships. And, and I know Saban does a lot of recruiting himself, which helps. But, you know, this is a guy that, that you know, Alabama made their top priority. You don't see Alabama missing on guys like that. And I imagine, boy, the, <laughs> if, there was, if there were face masks to grab among the assistant coaches in Tuscaloosa, I bet Nick Saban would have been grabbing them and screaming. I bet he was so mad uh, when Gilbert committed last night. Yeah, it's, you know, it's also the way the culture is shifting kind of in favor of everybody kind of understanding that we need throwing their short behind athletes and athletes getting paid and kind of a little bit more loose, like laid back aura around college football where not everything has to be so serious. I think that benefits the Dabos and Orgerons more than it does the Sabins and Pruitts of the world. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, you know, the whole like we're not and we've talked about this and Saban has loosened up a little bit and he's everyone says you know he, he likes to tell jokes and stuff like that and people will say he's he's a lot funnier than you realize and everything but at the same time I mean I don't know I just bet he was just so mad <laughs> it's just like you know everyone's always like oh you know they'll tell the story about when they won the national championship and then he was on the phone recruiting later that night and he was like almost miserable again yep because. And there's a reason why it's because, and you and I know, I mean, uh, we had the three kids from Memphis commit the other night without telling me. And I was legitimately like, 
you know, I was like, I was uh, upset about it, you know? Yeah. Like you take it personally. So imagine if you're developing a relationship, you know, and it's the same. I've known the kids for three or four years. Then they don't tell you when you commit, they commit. And it's like, I don't care where they go to school. Just give me a heads up, man. Yeah. Um, so I was definitely, I could see why it's so frustrating because when you live and die, you know, the, the recruiting is a life bro, the program and, and Saban knows, Hey, there's not, there's not a lot of guys like Eric Gilbert coming along, uh, year to year. No, which, which, by the way, giant tight ends that look like basketball players. <laughs> yeah, no, those not <laughs> right. Lot. But which, by the way, your boy, uh, what is his name? Our professional troll who got the who got the guy to uh, oh, who got Danny Duffy to yeah, Tom. Yeah, Tom. Tom was just sitting here. You know, there's a lot of tweets flying back and forth about how all the tight ends are busts, uh, which you know, there's a difference between Jeb Blazevich. <laughs> And Eric Gilbert, you know, uh, I hate to tell you, you know, I know everyone just likes to lump blue, use the term blue chip, which I am just, I'm so sick of the term blue chip. Unless you're talking about because the there's a huge people. difference between. Right, exactly. There's a huge difference between Jeb Blazevich and Eric Gilbert. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. Uh, I don't remember what Jeb was ranked. Um, Blaze. By the way, don't talk about problematic tweets. I don't do a deep don't do a deep dive on Jeb on his Facebook page. No. Um, Jeb Blazevich rivals. Okay, so Jeb was the number one tight end in uh, what year was that? Twenty fourteen. He was number seventy nine player in the country, and he was and it didn't work out. He did not do well. Or, excuse me, he had a good career at Georgia. He played all four years. He didn't get the ball a ton. He didn't make the NFL. I think he had like a tryout or something. Um, you know, the year after that was Chris Clark, who had all types of off the field problems. I think he transferred like three or four times. Isaac Nada, who was a five star, also went to Georgia, left early, was a seventh round pick, and he's a practice squad guy. And then Brock Wright, who who is actually not even the best tight end on Notre Dame right now, right? Who's the guy you like so much? Oh, Cole Komet. Yeah, exactly. So, and then Luke Ford also transferred. He also went to Georgia. So, um, I don't know. It's it's tough. It is a tough position, but it's like you know, Tom. I hate to tell you, Rob and I might have thought some of these guys weren't very good, and we didn't win the argument. Yeah, that, that <laughs> notice notice a lot of these tight ends are from North Carolina, Illinois, Utah, uh, Louisiana, California, and then at six is Georgia, which was. Uh, Mylon Richard, who was Herschel Walker's nephew, by the way, went to Clemson and had a decent career playing, but definitely not. In yeah, we felt like Nada. Like, That's the one that I, I will eat. I thought he was going to be awesome, and he was when he got some opportunities. I always thought he was going to. He was a better defensive end than a tight end, and I told him that. But he kind of fell in love. He he was a guy that could have used another year at school. I don't know if it was at Georgia or, you know, maybe he, I always thought he should have followed Jacob Eason to Washington because they had such a good bond. Um, but anyway, it's a tough position. So, Tom, I'm not going to delete my Twitter. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you could make me delete my Twitter if you wanted to, because uh, I'm always I'm always on the edge. But uh, uh, moving on, there was a couple other things I want to talk about, Rob. We, I don't want to go too too into it. By the way, well, uh, Lackford coming with a tweet from Mike Singer. What do y'all think about Waffle House? Kevin Noon. Waffle House is underrated. No, sorry, both of you. Get out. There's a college football team that has Waffle House gear. What? <laughs> this little restaurant nobody's really heard of. 
Yeah. <laughs> and Lackford has a snarky con- comment to go with it. Waffle House is fine. I'm not saying it's a bad place, but it's definitely overrated, especially here uh, in the Atlanta area. Um, going through some of the stuff we want to talk about. Uh, I wanted to touch on the, the coaching staff thing real quick. Let's tell that story. I won't name the coaching staff or the, or the player. But recently, and it wasn't even like a news story. Like recently, this has happened to me with commits before, but this was not a commit. Recently, a highly ranked player told me that he was going to take an official visit to this school and not to tell anybody until the day of. And I said, I don't care. Whatever. I sit back. I do nothing. I go back to doing whatever it is I do that day. And I get an angry phone call from said player accusing me of running and, and telling people because some other media outlet put it out. And he's like, you're the only person I told. And I'm like, did you tell the coaches? And he's like, yeah, well, them too, but they wouldn't say anything. And I'm like, I'm trying to tell him that it was definitely the coaches that because coaches are worse than anyone when it comes to leaking things and talking. And he just will not believe me. Uh, ended up hanging up on me and has not spoken to me since. Okay, so, so a similar situation happened with me uh, probably – and it's nobody's fault, right? Like you can't get mad at the coaches because, you know, that's fine. That's what happens. Coaches leak information to me. And you can't get mad at the kid. So you're just like – you just kind of have to shrug and be like, yeah, well, I guess it's my fault now. You've got to charge it to the game. So a couple of years ago, I'm not going to say the player or the school. And the player is no longer at the school and the coach is no longer at the school. So I guess I could. But uh, they're both at other places. So we had everything ready for this kid to commit, right? Top 100 kid. I had the story. I got the graphic. He's like, okay, Woody gave me the quotes. He says, okay, I'm going to announce it at 1215, right? I say, okay, sounds good, man. Just give me the word. As soon as you tweet it, I'll tweet out my story. We'll be good to go. At about 11.57, uh, <laughs> our competition, I, ha- uh, I have learned that this player has committed to this school. No. Yeah, boy, coach has got you. Good. Right? No attribution, no whatever. Uh, yeah, that's always a coach. For anybody listening, there that is always a coach right. at the school. There's right, no a source show. or I have learned or whatever, right? So, of course, the kid, the kid's parents, they're so mad. The kid almost didn't commit, by the way, which is going to happen at some point. A coach is going to leak it out and they're going to spoil the kid's announcement and the kid is not going to commit. Okay. I think that's happened before. I just can't I think, think it's going to happen. I, I know it happened with uh, Lee Anthony Williams when Nick shot a video for him and Clemson leaked it. And uh, one of the other sites reported that he had committed and the, and the kids, uh, Lee Anthony's dad went on Twitter and was like, he's not committed. You're a liar. <laughs> Just totally roasted him. But anyway, so, so we're all having this big back and forth. Uh, and it turned out, and I said, who did you tell at Notre Dame? Oh, oh whoops. <laughs> so, <laughs> I almost did that in my story. So anyway, uh, and he told me who he told the coach. I'm not going to say. And I called the coach and he answered the phone and it was just me cussing. I said, are you a little girl? I was like, you you can't keep a secret for more than 10 minutes. Keep your mouth shut. I was like, I build relationships with these kids for years just for you to give it away to some dude who doesn't even know the kid. And the, the coach Ooh. immediately backpedals and he says, I didn't tell Woody, I did not tell anyone. What, ha- what also happens is in the office now, there's so many people doing graphics and stuff like that, that 
they'll be announced like, hey, we're getting this kid today. And then all of a sudden, 15 people in the room know. And then and then yeah, they want to be the ones to tell people. So they run to their favorite reporter and tell them. And I mean, I was like, <laughs> if you could imagine, as anyone who listens to this podcast faithfully knows, I'm an insane person. And the amount of yelling I did at this coach, he apologized. It did not end uh, badly. But I mean, I just... I just opened up like screaming at him saying like, how can you not, you had to tell him 18 minutes early, you know, like. See, the way I look at it is that I've had people do that to me. So I never want to scream at a coach for leaking information. So I just ate it. I'm like, you know, sometimes you lose. <laughs> you just got to take Well, in that case, yeah, it was a visit that the kid was going to take. Um, yeah, so it wasn't like right. actual this, news. It's like right. Fake this news. was like for me. This was this was me being mad. So uh, anyway, moving on. We did have a quote this week from Mel Tucker, the the coach at uh, Colorado, and our boy Curtis Snyder, the assistant SID at Colorado, uh, assistant AD. Excuse me. He is the SID for the football and skiing team. By the way, I got a skiing team. Colorado. Um, And it says, best quote from Mel Tucker today wasn't at the mic. There's no transfer portal in the real world. Yeah, I saw Andy Staples say, I switched jobs last year. Right. Andy had all time. Andy was once again had time for this, saying that Tucker's had nine different jobs since 1999. Uh, And our girl, uh, Elika. Sadiki, I can't pronounce, I can't talk or read. I get, she said the real world is actually a massive transfer portal, which I would totally <laughs> agree. There is a transfer portal. In, and um, Sam Vicini, uh, tweet, who works for The Athletic doing the NBA, said LinkedIn currently has 610 million users. 250 billion people go to Indeed.com every month. ZipRecruiter has a $1.5 billion valuation. I can assure you. Well, LinkedIn kind of is. Well, listen, hold on, hold on. I can assure you the dumbass things that college coaches say about the transfer portal like this are not true. (laughs) So, yeah, come on, Mel. There there is a transfer portal in the real world. It's called the internet. It's called, you know, job websites. You have an agent who is your transfer portal who got you the job at Colorado. So, come on, man. That's the stupid thing to say. Um, we also had Florida's AD go on Twitter and say that they're looking for games. Did you see that this week? Yeah, I saw Oklahoma's AD responded. So Let's Oklahoma's do AD uh, responded. Then you had Iowa State's uh, AD, or I believe Jamie Pollard. Yeah. Say, you had to like he said, we already play 10 power five games every year, nine conference games plus Iowa. Maybe the SEC should play nine conference games like the Big 12. <laughs> well, that's Iowa State's AD saying, no, we don't want any of that smoke. But well, okay. I mean, that's Oklahoma would embarrass Florida this year. Iowa State does not want that game. Okay. So here's my issue. We saw it was a big story last uh, December where UCF and Florida were trying to set something up and Florida refused to do a home and home. And not only that, they, they, they didn't want to play. So they wanted to do a two for one and they still didn't want to play on UCF's campus. They wanted to play at the camping world stadium. Uh, So I kind of, this is a total PR grab, you know, every AD and you have their phone number. Why are you tweeting to try to schedule games? Come on. This is clearly just like a a PR thing that backfired, right? 
Yeah, I mean, definitely. But if you're going to tweet like that, this is why I kind of like it. And then Oklahoma answers. People are going to wonder why you're not playing Oklahoma. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, then that becomes your deal, right? Now it's it's your coward. Right. Exactly. I mean, if you don't do this behind closed doors and you take it to Twitter and a school like Oklahoma or Alabama answers you, it's kind of like calling somebody out after a UFC fight, right? If you're going to do it, you got to be ready right. for the fight. Exactly. And Oklahoma is actually scheduled aggressively. They play, I mean, they've played UCLA the past few years and obviously say, oh, UCLA stinks, but they don't know that when they schedule them. 10 years in advance or whatever. I mean, they, they played Tennessee at Tennessee a couple of years ago and Tennessee was good. And then I believe Tennessee goes there next year. So uh, they have scheduled SEC teams. I, I, I like the way Oklahoma does their schedule. So um, I kind of like that one uh, transfer portal. Oh, Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> did you, did you see his quote? I saw the I saw the enemies. I saw his letter. So he came yeah. out with a letter this week that said, "Which, by the way, did you hear any rumors about this? I never even. I always like when they're like, you know, Serena Williams shuts down the haters. And it's like I didn't see. It's like one guy with an egg avatar, right? I mean, like I didn't even see any NFL rumors. Uh, uh, Jim sent a letter. Um, I'm reaching out to let you know that the recent claims that I'm pursuing an exit strategy are total crap. <laughs> It's an annual strategy driven by our enemies to cause disruption to our program and to negatively recruit. By the way, I don't even have an agent or representative. Do we think that's true? Yes. I would, if any other coach in the country said it, I would say probably not. But I, I believe it. Um, I, I have no issue. Like, I don't think he even needed to address this. Like, honestly. I don't know. Uh, it was. It was probably just like some dude with a blog said it, right? Like you mentioned the Serena Williams shuts down the haters stuff when it's like one person on Twitter with an egg avatar. I think that's the same situation here. Yeah. It was probably like the crib sports group or something. Uh, real quick, I guess we should talk about it. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to cause a, a big thing here. But, of course, we had a, a, hu- a big story last week with uh, Jeremy Pruitt and Jarrett Garant- Garantano. Uh you know, with, with Garantano kind of going rogue, I think was what we've decided happened when he tried to <laughs> just call the QB sneak. He didn't even, he just decided to do it. Um, and I did some talking behind the scenes and it just seems like that's what happened. I mean, there's just no, no other way to explain it. Um, and Pruitt lost his mind, screamed at him and, and, and did the thing where he like pulled on his face mask a little bit to get his attention, which could then caused, you know, a Twitter meltdown. And I don't think now, am I super offended at the face mask thing? No. Should he have done it also? No, I don't think so. Um, Here's the way I look at it. And this is all I want to say about it. I don't care if he grabbed his face mask. He didn't hurt the kid. It wasn't like a, there wasn't malice. The issue is this, the people that act like they're so surprised that anybody would care and that everybody's soft. The reason anybody's mad, and not even mad. It is a kind of a bad look when the national conversation is these are unpaid athletes we're exploiting for nothing to be that angry and that out of control where you grab a face mask. And there are people that – and you know there are people that are going to write those stories. So to act surprised that people were soft enough to be offended by it is crazy. Now, I don't think anybody wanted him suspended or yeah, fired. fired or fined or anything crazy like that. And it somehow escalated to, oh, you know, the media wants to fire him. No, it was just something they noted. You know, I don't, not everything has to always be so extreme. I, you know, I don't care. I go to high school games every week where somebody gets their face mask. <laughs> I, I, it's, 
nothing happens. You know, it's 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 fine. But the difference is, it's not on national television in front of an audience that's looking for reasons to talk about player exploitation at a really really bad time, and that's why this all happened. Yeah, I just don't think he should do it. Like, just don't do it again. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not a thing that you do now. It's just. And, and like you said, we see it all the time in high schools. Actually, uh, Nick and I were talking because I don't know if you've noticed. I talked to Dave about this off the, the Louisville coaches act like lunatics before the games. Have you seen it? I have. So I told Dave, I said, you know, I understand getting the guys fired up. But I mean, when when Mark Ivy, who Nick and I covered as a high school coach like a decade ago, when he's bleeding and it looks like it. it I know he's grabbing the guys and getting them fired up, but sometimes it almost looks like they're fighting. You know what I mean? Like it looks like they're fighting with the players. I, I get what they're trying to do, but at the same time, what happens if you, if you're, you know, it's like when you're slap boxing with your friends and then you hit somebody hits somebody too hard, then it gets a little too real, you know? Um, Then somebody gets a little bit mad. Right. So I worry about that happening there. And then Nick reminded me, he's like, don't you remember, when Mark Ivy got in trouble in high school and I was like, I did remember something. So then I went and looked in the archives. There was a picture of him grabbing a kid's face mask and it became this huge deal. Cause if at the newspaper at that time in like Oh nine, we were, we would shoot like photos, pregame photos during the game. We're constantly uploading them. So when people, you know, essentially came home and looked at the website after the game, they could see the photos and everything. So we had the photos up there. It caused a stir. Then he asked us to take them down. And then the kid's parents complained that he grabbed the face mask and it became this huge controversy. That was in like 2009, you know? So, and that was at a high school game, like you said, where we see it all the time. I mean, especially depending on where we are. I mean, pulling on a face mask is the least of the the verbal things that go with it uh, at some from some of these high school assistant coaches is insane. If people actually knew what was being said, uh, there would be issues. But uh, one thing that I actually cut. <laughs> so after the B- BYU game, uh, if you remember, Alante Taylor had like a blown coverage that led to them getting that long game that kind of set up the, the field goal to go to overtime and put mm-hmm. freaked out on him on the sideline. And Lackford and I did a <laughs> Lackford and I did a show the next day and Lackford, you know, who's the son of a high school football player lost, lost his mind. <laughs> I had to cut it out of the show. <laughs> she probably doesn't even know. I had to cut it out of the show because Lackford was like, basically like, you know, what's going to happen is one of these coaches is going to do this to a kid and the kid's going to punch him in the face. Right. Yeah, that's definitely. Okay. So, so, and Lackford used some more, uh, I mean, Lackford was legitimately mad. We, we saw Philadelphia Dave and I had to cut it just cause I was worried about it causing a big stir, you know? So, uh, Andy Staples, who you mentioned earlier was, was arguing with some Tennessee fans in a week. And he said, I think if you want to pull a face mask, you accept that you might pull the wrong one and get put in the hospital and no one will feel sorry for you. And that's kind of the point that Dave made in the deleted scenes, which you can buy on the end of the season DVDs, <laughs> which was, you know, you you got to be careful doing this because all it takes is one LeGarrette Blunt type to punch a coach. I mean, could you just imagine the story that would be happening if that happened? Yeah, I know I can't because I'm trying to think of which way everybody would go on it, <laughs> and it would. Oh man, you it would be horrible. So, so the the point is, just don't. Let's not get to that point. I think we're beyond. And I get it. You're a coach. You're mad. You're yelling at a guy, and he's not looking at you. You know, 
Mm-hmm. But that's maybe maybe we're you know I, I just think we're beyond the you know don't put because you I mean between us the amount of times we've seen things escalate at football events where a kid will say to either another kid or a coach don't put your hands on me you know it, it, things can escalate quickly so I'm not from the you know like you said neither one of us thinks Pruitt needs to be reprimanded you know neither one of us is you know well one of us is a snowflake millennial you would decide. <laughs> One of us is Mamby Pamby, which is not even a word. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, just let's let's all learn from it, move on. And you know, Jimbo Fisher, the same thing. And you saw a lot of NFL players. I think I saw Marcus Spears and Charles Woodson say, "There's no excuse to ever do it." And if like if Charles Woodson is saying it, you know, you're we talking about one of the greatest football players of all time. It's just like he's been and he was playing during the era where it was viewed as like that was things you did. You just don't do it, you know. Snowflake Charles Woodson. Yeah, Charles Woodson is a snowflake. He's very mamby pamby. Um, uh, another thing, real quick. Uh, did you see what happened? You, I did think you did see it in St. Louis. We had a coaching staff. <laughs> so. So this is a great story. Okay, so I'm going to read from uh, from Deadspin here. Uh, a high school coach in St. Louis canceled the remainder. Uh, a high school in St. Louis canceled the remainder of its undefeated football team season and fired the entire coaching staff after it was revealed that a suspended player suited up in a different uniform and played a game. Okay, so so this player had been suspended uh, from the end of last season. Was supposed to miss the first game of this season, right? Because he was ejected in the state title game, so that that carries over. Uh, instead, Cardinal Ritter, which was the school, allowed Jackson to switch his uniform number from number four to number twenty-four and play the opener as freshman Marvin Burks, who, by the way, is a real person. <laughs> the plan blew up because of Jackson's tattoos on his right arm. They couldn't pick a better number than just add a two in front of your, <laughs> your original number A. B, how did Here's, this not happen in Florida? Okay, first of all, I'm sure this has happened elsewhere. <laughs> I mean, how, did, how did the story not originate? I was the date line oh. on that story, not Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> okay, if, if I gave you a choice of cities and we had – if I said pick five cities in America where this could happen, St. Louis would have been on there, Memphis would have Memphis, been on there, and then you would have Fort had like, Miami. Yeah, those would be the top three. Uh, I'm trying to think of another city that I would say. Uh, no, there's like, there's definitely like sleeper potential in like one of those Southern California Rancho Cucamonga areas. Right? right, right. But for it to happen in St. Louis would be no lower than third on a list of places where this could happen. So it's not that shocking. <laughs> now, the, the interesting, the, the part I really liked about this story. Okay, here, here's what, here's what the the kid plays in the game, pretends to be someone else, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then, um, so he ran for 109 yards uh, against the, and they beat the defending uh, state champion. Oh, do we know what the tattoo is that gave him away? Was, is it something obnoxious? I'm not sure. I hope it's like, I hope it's like his, his initials or something. <laughs> I did see it in one story, but anyway. So, so then he comes back the next week, right? Alleged the kid plays the next week as himself uh, after rushing for 147 yards against Lutheran North. Jackson and Gregory told uh, St. Louis High School Sports.com that Jackson sat, sat out week one. Watching last week, it wasn't fun at all, Jackson said. <laughs> it gave me a spark. <laughs> so, the kid. <laughs>
the kid did an interview. Yeah, the, the kid did an interview and said, "Man, it it really sucked. <laughs> it really, it really sucked last week not playing, even though I did. What an actor! What a scam!" Does this kid have? Can we rank this? Does, I does this kid have, What's his name? Let's see if he's in the database. Uh, hold on, hold on. I, I uh, I'm gonna give him a look. Reminder of his uh, of his name. Um, the running backs. Let's see. Uh, I had it. Where's it? Jackson. Right, so What's his first name? Pull up the rivals database. Oh, here. Bill Jackson. Phil Jackson. Like, Bill Jackson. Like the Bulls coach. Bill. Oh, Bill. Oh, Bill. Bill Jackson. All right, I got him. I've typed him in. Nope. Oh, wait a minute. We, he's got a profile. 2021 running back. 5'8", 195 pounds. Unranked. Looks like and he offers. He's at a rivals camp. Offers by Nebraska and Southern Miss. Okay. He's got some so, pretty good so, boy, two, so The name of his film is Kill Bill Volume 1. <laughs> it should be Bill well, Kills. It should be the other way I'm putting five stars on this guy right now. Nebraska's already off. Uh, oh, oh, Nebraska man. and Southern Miss. Uh, from 5-19-2019. Three straight camp preview, but I'm not logged in, so I can't read it. But he's been written about on Rivals.com in the past, it looks like. He's been at camp. Uh, there you go. Looks like he did so, relatively well at said camp. Probably came to the St. Louis camp there at East St. Louis yeah. High. Well, he's 2021, um, so we're going to see him again. Uh, so, all right, here's let's 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 have him on. Let's promise to the audience that one of us will go to the St. Louis camp, and I will do an interview with Bill Jackson this year. We'll ask him about it. Yeah, and it'll be a lot of, oh, no, man, I just wanted to play. Yeah, I'll get us some <laughs> sound. Be- I will do the St. Louis camp this year because it will allow me to go to Kansas City. And if we can remember, I will have Bill on the show. I hope you do it because you always say you're going to do it and it ends up being me and Friedman and Josh. Uh, so I hope you actually come this year. Now, uh, real quick, as we as we zip through Angry Coaches, did you hear the follow-up to I'm a Man, I'm 40, the, the reboot? I did, let's and play, it's much better. Let's play it real quick. I'm not going to play too much of it, but let's hear Mike Gundy, uh, whose rants have gotten less entertaining over the years. Uh, let's play it. It's not like I don't get frustrated either. Okay. I've told you this. I go home. I take double Ambien. Didn't work. I woke up at 317. I came to work at 345 Sunday morning. That's just the way it is. Okay? So it's not like I don't notice, and it's not like I don't understand people's frustration. But we also live in a society today where people want to bitch and complain about everything instead of uh, putting their pants on and go fix it. We're going to fix it. (laughs) Okay, let's start with, Rob, if you took two Ambien, how long would you be asleep for, or would you die? Uh, I, I don't know. I'd be out for a while, man. I, I've never taken okay. an ABM. Okay, let me that tell you a story. Sound, that sound healthy. Okay, so here's the story. For those of you who don't know, I do not drink alcohol ever. Uh, I don't do any drugs. I'm, I'm very lame, uh, and it's not anything. I'm not, you know, I'm not I a recovery. I do enough for both of us. Right. I mean, it makes for a good balance when we go out, <laughs> but it's not like I don't have a good time as Rob can attest. I'm fine. I just don't, I don't need to partake to enjoy myself. I never have. Uh, so anyway, uh, once after, I, when I moved across the country, my friend, uh, Ryan Gogemeyer, big shout to him. He always has a adequate supply, <laughs> supply of different, uh, meds and whatnot. 
So uh, we drove across the country and then he flew home and he couldn't take whatever he had with him. He had like, he has a hard time sleeping, right? This was like pre-ambient era. So he left the pills with me and I just kind of put them in my medicine cabinet, didn't think much of it. Well, one time I got really sick, right? And I could, I was so sick, but I couldn't sleep and I needed to sleep to get better. So I, 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 I decided, you know, I'm just going to take one of these pills that, that Gagamar left there, his sleeping pills, right? Well, the way the pill worked, it was kind of like a, it was kind of like a, a square, but it broke into several triangle pieces, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you know what kind of pill I'm talking about? Uh, like it breaks into three different triangles. Sure. I, I, I uh, imagine it, yeah. For people that only want to- I'm trying to think of the stuff. shape I'm talking about. Yeah, like a it's like a rhombus or something, but it breaks into three triangles instead of uh, right. So I looked at it and I just kind of was like, I guess I'll just take this, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I take the pill, I go to bed. I wake up at some point, I have to go to the bathroom. I walk into the bathroom, uh, and the the bathtub was you know right next to the toilet. I went to the bathroom. I woke up nine hours later, laying in the tub <laughs> because. <laughs> I had peed in the toilet and then just fallen over into the bathtub. I was like wet. <laughs> I was wet. I was asleep. I had my, you know, pants are down. <laughs> I'm like hanging halfway in the tub. I'm all hurt and injured because I, I fell into a giant porcelain. Tub. And that's, that's Woody's one uh, story about accidentally take. It turns out that there was three doses of the medicine and you know, I was supposed to break it into a little triangle. Well, I'm glad you didn't die. One that's big. good. Right, but such just goes to show. Uh, Mike Gundy to take two Ambien and wake up at three thirty in the morning. <laughs> like, yeah, talk about a man! Yeah. Um, did you find it out that he used "We live in a society" the same line that he used right before he said, "I'm a man, I'm forty." Well, it's something exact. Where are we? In, I'm a man, I'm forty. He says, "Where are we at in society today?" Right. <laughs> And then he said, come after me. It was the immediate line before he says, come after me. I'm a man. I'm yeah, that must be like what he uses when he gets fired up. I'd like to have his kids on the podcast and ask him how many times he's referenced society when he's yelling at his children. There, there was an episode of uh, Seinfeld where George got mad when he was trying to use the payphone and he yelled at the person. He said, you know, we're living yeah, in a living society. In a society. <laughs> so maybe uh, Maybe Mike's a big fan. Uh, also, last but not least, in coaches saying coach stuff this week, Alex Pewterman, who covers UConn for the Hartford Current, a paper that I have uh, had several bylines in before, uh, said, passionate press conference from Randy Etzel today, the UConn coach. The gist has been that today's generation of players isn't as mentally tough as previous generations. He mentioned phones, headphones, Fortnite, social media, and more. We do not have video. I wish we did. Atlanta, nobody uses headphones there. (laughs) That's true. You don't have to worry about headphones. Uh, And, oh, you know what? The thing that set off Mel Tucker was one of their defensive starters uh, entered the portal. So uh, that was what – and then uh, we had, last but not least, we had Manny Diaz. Did you hear? Did you see what happened with him talking about the rebuild? Yeah, and you can't say anything in Miami right now without those fans. I mean, they're just ready to pounce. Yeah, he said that. that it, that he said something about a rebuild afterwards. Then he said it was taken they, out of context. They flew a banner this week over the stadium, saying how much they support Manny Diaz. 
could we get a back-to-back banners <laughs> where they don't where it's like a take back situation where they find one that says psych or something next week? Yeah, maybe like a second plane behind it. Yeah, it just says psych. <laughs> or, or right, exactly. Or not. <laughs> yeah, with a picture of old uh, Borat or something on it. Yeah, Manny's in trouble. We we do kind of a misery index on the other on the uh, Sunday show. Sometimes Miami is in there. They play Pitt this week. I texted you. I think they are in for a world of hurt with all the injuries they have at quarterback. Um, and it all it, to me, it is all their offensive line. I said that I I cannot believe that the, these are the best five they have to run, especially you know, some of the problems they've had with protecting the quarterback. And I kind of stand by that. So uh, no rants and recommendations this week because I already complained about it. And, and we're at an hour and 16 minutes. We got to go. Yeah, I got to drive. That This is going to take me forever to edit. I got to drive to Florida. Uh, that wraps it up for us. Uh, no Sunday show this week, but Rob and I will be back next week. And uh, uh, hopefully we do well in our picks, Rob. No, Rob's already I, muted no, I, told, himself. I told you, I told you that I'm feeling good. Oh, the Rob Cassidy lock of the century lock of the week, by the way, is uh, Wyoming minus 13 and a half against a, a Nevada team that I was forced to watch for no reason last week. Um, and there's no way they don't win that game by 50. So I would just load up on Wyoming. I already have. You can take me later. All right. Wyoming beat Mizzou and Nevada beat Purdue. So, uh, boy, take that in power five. Nevada's um, one of the worst rushing defenses I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and, and Wyoming race has big power back. So, all right, that's it for us. We will be back with another show next week. M. Deuce, the king of memes on Facebook. Uh, play us out. Uh-huh.